Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We've got three interviews to share with you for this long weekend. You'll hear from Dylan Sandberg of the Manitoba Moose getting set for his first pro action against the Marlies on Monday. You'll also hear from Winnipeg ice coach James Patrick. As they've learned, they will be going to a bubble city hub format in Regina starting in a month. And also Mike Benson, new long snapper for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signing with his hometown team. That's all on the podcast. We'll turn our attention now to the gridiron and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in free agency this week. Made a couple signings. We had heard from Bryant Mitchell earlier in the week. We hear now from Mike Benson, long snapper who... Has signed with the Blue Bombers. He is from right here in Winnipeg. Mike, how does it feel to be signing with your hometown Bombers? Well, you know, um, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, you know what? It feels it feels great. Um, I've had a particularly large amount of love from the community the last couple of days. And uh, you know, despite the weather outside, it's been it's been keeping me pretty warm. It's been pretty great. Um, I mean, being a Winnipeg kid, you. I grew up going to bomber games, banging up on the metal stands at Canad Inns and, and kind of like and idolizing the team, right? And uh, finally being able to sign with that home team after, you know, eight years of playing in the league, it's, uh, it's a dream come true for myself and my family, and, and I couldn't be happier. Do you remember your first bomber game as a kid? <laughs> I don't know if I can remember that far back, but uh, I, <laughs> I remember going to uh, – I remember going to those – to those like later October games or like early, early November games when I was younger. And I'm like, you got to wear two pairs of mittens. You got to wear three pairs of pants because those cold, those cold metal benches, they get you. Um, I don't remember what age I was, but I remember, you know, the, the players where they would, uh, they'd go around the sidelines there when they allowed fans on that grassy part at Canada ends and, and slapping their hands. And like those hands felt like giant hands. Right. So that was definitely a long time ago because now those hands feel a little bit more normal sized. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely, you know, probably four or five years old was the first game. And all the way back to those days, did you always picture yourself playing in the CFL? Uh, well, you know what? Like, like any, any aspiring young athlete, you always try to like picture yourself in those professional shoes, right? And then, you know, the older, the older you get, the more like realizations you have that, you know, that maybe that might not be the dream after all, but you can never really give up hope. And then, you know, the harder, the harder that I trained and the harder that I practiced, the more and more, you know, realization came that like, I might actually have a shot at, at playing professional football and the more confidence you get, the more opportunities, the more doors that open for you. Um, eventually I got there. Um, it was always a dream. And then finally came to a, came to fruition 2012 it was amazing um so you know you always have that dream and then the older you get you know more reality sets in but you know you didn't stop i never stopped training hard and and working on getting to that next level and i'm just you know happy that it worked out now kids don't necessarily grow up dreaming of being a long snapper <laughs> When did the transition for you happen to becoming the specialist? <laughs> what do you mean kids don't grow up dreaming to be a long snapper? It's totally a normal thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. I think 
you know, we go all the way back to high school days. I played at St. Paul's High School in Winnipeg. And uh, I, our, our, whoever was doing the long snapper duties at the time, I forget who, but, you know, they got hurt and it was like two days before the game. And our coach was basically like, you know, who can throw a ball between your legs? And I'm like, I mean, it doesn't look too hard. I can give it a try. And, uh, and I did, it worked. And then uh, the rest was history. I've been doing it since grade 10, um, as well as playing linebacker and, and D end. Uh, so did the same thing in college, but, you know, long snapping and, and having that special skill in the toolbox, you know, is what kind of carried me to where I am now. So I'm grateful that I decided to try to throw a ball between my legs and it worked out. So to practice long snapping, is it just simply just long snapping over and over and over again? <laughs> well, to, to sum it up, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, you know, there's more now that I'm older and I'm, I'm more developed in the skill. There's there's a lot more hand-eye stuff that's involved in it. But, yeah, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't be more right. you got to start somewhere, right? And it's basically you know, trying to hit targets. That's what I do. Even now I have, I've got a snapping net with different targets and I just snap and aim over and over again, right? Until I get in a good rhythm and, and then I shut it down for the day. But it's just, it's like anything else. It's just, you know, repetitions on repetitions and then don't give up. If the first, if the first snap isn't great, that doesn't mean you're not going to be good at it. You just got to practice like anything else. How would you describe your pro career to this point? Um... Well, if I could describe it, it'd kind of be like the Mike Benson World Tour. Um, <laughs> kind of like uh, like a rock star sports world. I mean, I've played, I played college ball out at Acadia in Nova Scotia, right? So I got to see the East Coast. And then from there, I signed in, in Edmonton. Uh, I was in Toronto for a little bit. And then I played in, in BC, in Vancouver, for for five years. And then I played in Ottawa. And then I was supposed to play in Montreal last year, but... Unfortunately, COVID happened, so I just got to stay at home. But very, uh, very Canada traveled. I'm very grateful to be able to see to see the entire country and what it has to offer. And and it's been it's been great. I mean, I'm very grateful to be able to have met the people, met the players, met the athletes. You know, all the coaches, all the fans that I've met throughout the years. Uh, I'm grateful to meet all of those people. Like there's so many, you know, unique friends that I've made, you know, people that have grown to be like family. Um, and then to just see the places all around Canada. I'm just grateful to have those experiences. Now you scored a touchdown earlier in your career. You recovered a muffed punt, right? How was that? Explain the I story did. of your touchdown. I did. Well, I mean, long snappers are athletes too. You guys got to give us credit. Yeah. No, um, you're, on a, you're, you're a professional <laughs> football player. I'm not going to slight you. Yeah. So basically, yeah, what happened is we were playing. Um, I was when I was with BC, we were playing Edmonton at home, and uh, the game was. I think it was pretty. It was a pretty tight game, and uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Ty Long, who plays for the Chargers now as their punter, just he launched an absolute bomb, and it was it was up in the air for a long time. It was long enough for me to get all the way down there. I think it was like a fifty-five or sixty-yard punt. And, you know, I don't blame the returner for not being able to catch it because that is a high ball. And uh, he fumbled it a bit, fell on the ground, and I baseball slid in, picked it up, and, and you know, kind of just ran right into the end zone. I was like, just don't fall. Just don't fall, right? Because never did I, you know, recovering a fumble, yeah, okay, but being able to run into the end zone is a whole other thing. And it just hey, it worked out. So I think I'm like the first long snapper to actually score a touchdown. And honestly, I don't know how long. <laughs> 
I don't think it's a big club. So you've got that to, to your name. Was it one of those things where you just you're just reacting? You're not even thinking. You just oh ball, and you get it, and you just start running. It was it was as honestly it just popped out. It was like practice. It was like a fumble drill in practice. It just worked out perfectly. You know, I added a cool little style slide to pick up the ball for for bonus points, and and away I went. It just it's like I did it a thousand times. You know, it just it worked out. And I'm sure it could have gone the other way, but I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> What was 2020 like for you without football? Um, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It was, it was bittersweet. Um, when you play football for as long as I have, like eight years professionally and a, a bunch of years in college and junior, you know, you don't, you don't get a lot of summers, right? Uh, you're usually busy practicing, playing games, traveling, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was bittersweet. It was sweet because I haven't had a summer for 10 or 11 years. Um, it was great being able to hang out with my family and, and go out to the lake and, you know, kind of enjoy myself finally. But, uh, you know, it was bitter because you miss, you miss the game, right? You miss the, you miss the camaraderie with, with your teammates. You miss traveling with your buddies. You miss, you know, you miss the fans, you know, the hype of game day, the, the chills that you get during O Canada, like you, you miss the game a lot. Um, but the nice thing is there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? We're starting to hopefully run the downhill of the pandemic and we're starting to get into the 2021 season, right? And we can kind of see things coming together finally. So there's always that motivation there keeping, you know, myself and the guys training. Um, so it, 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 it pushed me a bit to, you know, keep training, keep in shape, you know, keep working on my craft. But, you know, it was also great being able to hang out with the family and enjoy the summer for once. Finally, what's it going to be like to be one of the few new guys in a locker room that's made up mostly of 2019 champions? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be the new guy, um, the new older guy, I guess. Uh, I'm not coming in as a rookie, but uh, it'll be nice because, you know, I know a few guys on the team. Um, when you, you play in the league for eight years or so, you, you meet quite a few faces, and, uh, and it'll be nice to uh, it'll be see those guys again. And uh, from everything I've heard, the, uh, the atmosphere in the locker room and the coaching staff is like no other team. Um, the culture that they've built is one to, to welcome people, I've heard, and to enjoy your time there and to play hard and, and, and reap the benefits, right? So, you know, I'm excited and I'm nervous, but I'm happy, you know, that I get to meet up with some college teammates. Uh, special teams ace Mike Miller, we played together in college and, and Defensive tackle, Jake Thomas, we played in college together. I'm excited to see those guys again. I'm excited to meet up with uh, Andrew Harris again. Uh, we played together in BC for a couple of years. So familiar faces, and I'm just, you know what, I'm excited to just get back on the field. And what better place to do it than at home. Absolutely. Well said, Mike. Congratulations on the new deal. Thanks for this tonight, and uh, hey, hopefully we do have no. some football to talk about later on here this year. Hey, I, ho I hope so too. Thanks a bunch for having me. Now we can tell you good news about junior hockey, and that is that the Western Hockey League has been approved to host a hub center in Regina. So the seven WHL clubs in the East Division for this year, that is Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, Regina, Saskatoon, Swift Current, Brandon, and Winnipeg, will be playing a 24-game regular schedule starting in a month. 
And here to discuss the plans is the head coach of the Winnipeg Ice, James Patrick. James, is this an exciting day for you and the team? Yeah, very exciting. Um, we kind of knew it was going to come, but or at some point didn't know when. So um, to know that uh, we, it's set in stone as far as uh, the date and the location, it's it's really exciting. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm really happy for our players. It's been a long year. Our last game was March 11th. Uh, and um, obviously, in you know that you know the different world that we're living in right now, um, you know uh, everyone's going through you know real severe situations. But uh, I think we all you know feel as bad as anyone for our for the kids and you know from school and and activities and and everything that they've been missing out. Uh, so for them to get back to have the chance to compete. Um, to be able to play, to do what they love, to bond with their teammates and, and you know, push for a common goal. It's going to be real exciting. Um, I'm, I'm happy for them. We were following the developments of the WHL and their plans over the course of the last number of months, but unfortunately it coincided with a, a spike in cases across Canada. The original hope was to play in October and then it was January, and now here we are uh, each area is doing its own thing the u.s division has its own thing the alberta has its own thing and now here uh, with saskatchewan and manitoba but in the end james i imagine for you and the team just to be able to have something that is safe and is hockey you have games to play better late than never no it's it certainly is and um i mean there's a lot of different ways you can look at it um i mean just I mean, for pure development, uh, from a development standpoint, it's it's so important for for the kids to be able to play the the young players to, you know, to get some hockey out of this year. Um, for our older players, the twenty year olds, to, you know, their last chance at at playing junior hockey. Um, um, you know, and when I think about our twenty year olds, they you know they want to continue playing whether it's you know going to university or going to to pro in some way. Uh, you know, last year we had. From last year's team, we had, I think three. You know, three of our older kids went to the university. Well, Isaac Johnson ended up signing with the Moose. Um, so for them to to be able to play, um, even though it's it's 24 games, but to to get their last season in junior hockey, and um, these are the the times that all of us remember those years more than any. That look back at, on our junior years as the best years of our life. So um, I think, you know. We're all going to get something out of it. I I think for the league, you know the uh, you know you still go back and look at you know uh, major junior hockey in Canada. It's we feel that the three leagues are the best development leagues in the world. Uh, more NHL players come from from uh, Canadian hockey leagues than anywhere else in the world still. And uh, it's just it's really important for us to still uh, you know if it's three months long to still have a chance to to develop and work with our players. Uh, moving forward so what have you been able to do since almost a year ago now since your last game in terms of interacting with players work workouts etc to get ready for a season that is now we know going to start in a month well we we certainly didn't know it was going to be this long um but starting uh, probably uh, last year we were shut down in march and we did take about six weeks and then in um in uh, May, um, probably from May till uh, July, we had uh, 
regular Zoom meetings with our team. Um, we met every two weeks, kind of, you know, in the spring into the summer, um, going through um, different challenges. Um, and it was just a great way for us to connect, um, keep the, the players connected with each other. Um, we had a lot of different, you know, fun challenges, uh, you know, different skills challenges in different sports. We And, you know, we had obviously uh, with social media apps, we were able to um, open up a team page. And, uh, you know, we had competitions on balancing soccer balls and doing handstands and, and uh, you know, the, the, we had them filming their workouts and, and uh, so we, we did a lot, a lot of fun things. We had, uh, we had them all making meals for their families. Um, we had them involved in their, um, as much as they could in their community, um, you know, talking uh, about uh, smaller businesses in the community that could use help and posting that on different social media sites. So we, we were fortunate. We had a lot of help, but Mel Davidson, who's a, an advisor with our team and, is you know most famous for being the uh, a guiding force in the women's hockey in the national program for 25 years but she's been so helpful in team building skills and and different challenges so that was kind of the the first part and then we we took a bit of time in in the summer and then when we got back in the fall um you know it, it looked like uh you know things were going to be delayed and pushed back and um we we at some point we started uh you know, having Zoom meetings with uh, showing video. We've done, you know, I probably over the last three months have uh, almost once a week show different uh, type of hockey video. Uh, we've had mental skills work with uh, with Dr. Adrian Tugood, who's uh, from the University of Manitoba, um, sports psychologist. Um, uh, with Mel and, and team building activities, we're trying to, you know, working on our uh, values and our culture. So, um, I'm certainly not an expert, but I've really become used to the to Zoom meetings, and uh, um, and you know we've used it uh, just to keep as more than anything to keep the guys connected, to keep them engaged. Um, you know we've uh, we've gone through all our systems on video, but we've also we've watched a lot of hockey together as a team. We've broken down World Junior games, we've broken down NHL games system wise, and. Um, more just to just to keep them engaged and thinking about the sport so um, we've had um, you know our strength coach uh, in regular communication with them every three weeks from from September on every three weeks on they've had to uh, submit their workout their results so um, we've tried to be um, proactive and as involved as can be and you know I think we've we've succeeded on that part uh, because it's this has been I mean, it's tough on everyone, but I just, I feel for these kids as the time goes by and what they're missing and, you know, missing being teammates and missing being high school kids or they just miss the normal world that they used to know. So um, in that place, we've, you know, we've tried to make up for, for it in some ways. I'm curious, James, when was the last time you were on a hockey ice sheet? Well, uh, believe it or not, um, I went, I think about, nine months without skating, which is, I think the longest since I was about three years old. Um, but I, when we've had this incredible weather up until this week and I, um, um, so I Christmas, I, I, we always, uh, on New, uh, Christmas Eve, we always skate outside and I was able to go outside with my sisters. And then, uh, just this last month, I've been on the ice with my niece, who's, uh, um, 
a freshman at the University of Manitoba hockey player as well, but and she's missed out on her season, but she's been skating a lot. So I've been I've been on the ice with her about um, I want to say maybe uh, four or five times. So I'm I'm getting slower every year, but I did get out there and skating outside at uh, Woodhaven Community Club and and Deer Lodge Community Club. So that was it was fun, and the weather's been fantastic for it this year. Like you said, up until this week, where if you move at any That's kind it. of speed, your face freezes off. That's right. <laughs> I'm stuck inside. So uh, just before I let you go, James, on the topic of uh, being inside, what do you have to do with uh, regarding the protocols to be ready to go into this bubble? Well, we are going to be um, – um, starting on the 20th, we're going to uh, – every player is going to quarantine at their – their homes, uh, wherever they are in Western Canada, because our players are all spread out. Um, on the 27th, uh, we will all report to Regina, where we will quarantine for another week. And then um, I think it's uh, around the 4th, um, where we'll be allowed on the ice, Mar- March 4th or 5th, somewhere in there, we'll, we'll be able to start practicing for for seven or eight days, and then the games will start. And, uh, and then we'll have 24 games in about 50 days, um, so um, that's that's the the plan. Um, but I, I do know this, and I, I do want to say that the owners, like uh, Greg Fattis, has been incredible. Um, his commitment to to this league and and this team is, you know, I can't even explain how how much he's put into it. And and you know they are they are making a huge commitment for this to happen when every team is you know going to be in a bubble for two and a half months with 35 people and that's, you know, feeding them and, and putting them up in, in lodging and, and playing games with no fans. Um, and you know how many skates and sticks uh, players go through that. I mean, that alone is, is a huge expense for every team, but um, because, you know, we're looked at as such a, a great development league. I know all the owners felt this is real important. So, so we know as, as, we've already talked about it with our staff, how, how important it is to, you know, be dead serious about the the guidelines and what's expected as far as quarantine. And I mean, we're going to be tested. I think, you know, just they, we're going to have the same standard of testing that they're using in the NHL. And, um, and that, you know, that again, another expense, but uh, um, to make sure everyone's as healthy as can be and that, and that we're doing this right. So um, I just, uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to try and make it as fun as possible being in the bubble. We're, we're, uh, it's going to be an experience that I think we'll all remember for the rest of our lives. But uh, we want to make it work and we want to stay, have everyone stay safe. And, and we want our players to develop and have fun while we're doing it. What about uh, players internationally from America or Europe? Are they in Canada already? What's the, for them, what are the rules? Um, I can't, I don't know what the rules are for the, um, for the league, and I, I, okay. I, I probably should, but I do know that uh, we won't have any uh, international players on our team this year. Um, okay, Mike Michael Tepley was—he's been here since the World Juniors. He played with the uh, Czech Republic, and then uh, he's been with uh, Chicago's farm team since then. And uh, he's going to stay there because he's a European player. He's allowed to stay there. Um, our our captain Peyton Krebs is with the uh, Vegas's farm team, um, and he will be coming back. He'll be uh, joining us uh, pretty soon here. 
Okay. Well, thanks for that update, James. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Good luck in the bubble and stay safe. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. The, the Winnipeg Jets earlier today moved Dylan Sandberg and Billy Hanela off the taxi squad and onto the Manitoba Moose. The Moose opened their season Monday against Toronto. Four games in five days here in Winnipeg. They want Sandberg and Hanela to get some big minutes in pro hockey and that's what they're going to do next week earlier today i had the chance to talk with samberg after his first moose practice and i started by asking him how he feels heading into his first pro game monday um very excited um i'm ready to play some hockey and i'm um, looking forward to it um it's been some time since i played my last game so it was nice to get back on the ice today and um have a good practice with uh the moose and get to know a lot of the guys so when was the last time you played in an actual hockey game? March 7th, 2020. So almost almost a year. And that was for Minnesota Duluth? Yes. Did you win the game? We did. We did win the game, so that's good. Went out on a high note. <laughs> nice. So uh, this this process for you now in not knowing until a couple of days ago when you were going to play again, the Moose didn't have a schedule yet, what was that like to just be skating without having really a target date? Um, it's definitely tough. Um, you know, practicing uh, all that time, and especially with the uh, extended summer here. You know, you're you've been practicing for quite some time, and you know, you get up here and you're looking forward to playing a game, and yeah, you, know, you haven't got that chance yet. So was, once I saw the moose schedule come out, I had a feeling what was going to happen, and you know, it eventually happened, and I'm really excited about it. What are you looking forward to most about your pro hockey career beginning? <clears throat> um, honestly, just at the, at the moment right now, I'm just really excited to get back out there and actually uh, play again. But, um, you know, I think this time it will be, you know, learning experience and trying to get as much out of it as I can. And especially with the shortened year here, it's uh, obviously not um, what would typically happen. But, um you know, just try and learn um, learn what the coaches tell me and, you know, get get used to the guys and um, my new D partner, uh, Billy, and, and go from there. What have you learned about Billy's style just from uh, training with him these last, uh, I guess, month or so? Uh, he's, he's definitely a very skilled hockey player, so uh makes it easy to play with him. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was just, I think for the both of us, it was just really good to get back and into a actual practice and, you know, learn um, the systems that they have uh, set for us here. And, you know, uh, for both of us, we, we, I think we felt more comfortable as uh, the practice went along and, you know, we're looking forward to the next few days here. So you get the Marlies on Monday, you play the same team four, four times in five days after not playing a game for almost a year. (laughs) It's going to be just jam packed. (laughs) It's exciting. But at the same time, is that going to be grueling playing that much that quick? Um, you know, I mean, that's where the recovery portion of things comes into play and, you know, you got to make sure you take care of your body. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of games. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. So I can't complain. I'm, I'd rather have more games than no games. So have you been told yet kind of what your role is going to be on the team, the expectations for you this year? Um, 
after the first day, still trying to figure everything out and uh, get used to the guys. So I'm sure once uh, we get closer to game time and and uh, closer to Monday, I'm sure they'll uh, have everything situated. So, so do you follow? I guess it's it's very new in your pro career, but how are you going to balance your your moose time and your preparation down there with following what's going on with the big club and the Jets? Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll have time. There's a uh, lot of free time outside of the rink since uh, there's nothing much re- we can really do outside of the rink besides um, stay in your apartment or wherever you're staying. So I'll have time to watch some of their games, hopefully, and you know, um, see how they're doing and follow along with them. So. And you mentioned meeting guys for the first time. For you then, because you were part of the taxi squad, what was life like as part of the taxi squad before the, the, all the moose stuff got going for you here? Um, it was, uh, it's definitely different. Something that I've uh, never done before, but, uh, obviously, but, um, it was good. It was, it was good to get up there and, you know, kind of, you know, learn and watch guys and see how they play, especially being able to watch a lot of the games, you know, see, uh, see really up close and, uh, in person, how, the NHL game actually really is and you know being able to uh chat with a few of the guys especially uh the defensemen and you know knowing you know Pionk and Derek Forbert prior to uh coming up here was very helpful as well so you know just kind of take as much as I can from watching and um you know a lot of the taxi squad uh practices were were afterwards so we didn't really get a lot of time on the ice with uh, a lot of the other players so that's where the uh, watching the games came in handy. So, and watching the games, did you ever think, "Oh, I could, I could make it out there"? That doesn't look too hard, or was it? Oh my god, that's so fast. Um, no, I mean, obviously, in the back of your mind, you're thinking uh, that you can, you can definitely play out there, and you know, it's a whole different game once you get out there. But uh, you know, I feel comfortable with my with my ability, and um, you know, I feel like I could do it. But um, right now, I am. Uh, down with the moose and you know, I'm really looking forward to that so learning experience and you know I'm looking forward to my first professional hockey game so have you played in front of no fans before <laughs> um I don't probably not no I mean growing up you know you had your parents there all the time so it's uh it's definitely it'll be different but um you know it doesn't matter really at this point I just want to get out there and play some hockey so this waiting and waiting and waiting what were you able to do in the lead up to this when i guess dating back december and even previous to that to be ready for pro hockey here yeah it was definitely a long summer for sure but uh i think for me i you know i um was able to train in uh up in duluth in, in minnesota uh where i played college so that was that was really nice as well and um <clears throat> Uh, before the bubble, I was able to train with a few other professional guys, which is nice. And then you know, they left for the bubble, and um, when they got back, I was able to train with them again, which is huge. And um, a few of them were, a couple of them were Derek Forbert and Neil Pionk, who I uh, mentioned earlier, and some other uh, professional hockey players that are that were uh, UMD that were at UMD before, but. Um, no, it's good, especially in the summer um, when you're training with those guys. You just got to watch and see how they train and, you know, uh, learn from them because 
you know, they, they do, a <clears throat> they play hockey, uh, really hard on a, on a daily basis and they, they know what it takes to, uh, make it in the league. So. Is it comforting having so many Minnesota folks on the team? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's nice to have some guys that, you know, um, before coming up here and, um, especially with, uh, you know, another, uh, signing not, uh, far off from the beginning of the year was Don Toninato and, you know, I know him as well. So there's, uh, there's definitely some familiar faces up here, uh, which really makes it helpful. I don't know if you're all NFL fans, but are you all Vikings fans if you are NFL fans? <laughs> well, we, we try to be, um, <laughs> definitely not the easiest to be a Vikings fan, but, uh, that's a letdown in the in the past years, but um, no, I, I mean I love watching football, and um, I was able to watch the Super Bowl, which is which is nice as well. I'm a Vikings fan as well, so I didn't grow up here. Oh, yeah. I, I nice. grew up in Ontario, and I know that uh, the only happy moment I think the fan base has had in my entire lifetime was a couple of years ago with the Minneapolis Miracle. So we'll uh, hang our hat, yeah. hats on that for how many every years it takes to get a Super Bowl. Yeah, appearance exactly. even. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be great. But uh, who knows? Or uh, even back when um, Favre was playing for oh, yeah. the Vikings, and and they got screwed over by the Saints there. But uh, well, I mean, Favre, Favre <laughs> did throw the pick at the end. That was a really yeah. stupid throw. That that's that's one of the great sports moments of that that haunts me. I think if I had a top five, that. Yeah, that game might be at the top of the list because yeah. the Vikings have uh, never been as close, and uh, who knows how long it'll take for them to get that yep. close again. So, all right, exactly. well, well, Dylan, uh, I've kept you long enough. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking to me tonight. Best of luck as you begin your pro career next week. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more. Every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?